in association with Nerds Through Comics Tiger Tales Mutants for Hire Hello everybody and welcome to Tiger Tales, a place where you'll find stories written and read to you by your host, me, Ty Tiger. Before we dive in, I do want to quickly say that none of my fan fictions are connected to their main continuity and copyright is not intended. That being said, let's dive in to the Tiger Tales Marvel and DC fan fiction universe, where I have moulded the universes of Marvel and DC into one continuous universe with several storylines connected with it. If you want to listen to the whole universe, I actually have a playlist labelled the TMDFE for short, and there you can find all the instalments in order that they are meant to be in continuity. Today we return with Mutants for Hire, the very first storyline that ever appeared in the TMDFU. Chapter 4. This is the end of the mutant experimental arc, and we're going to dive in now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a group of men for any task that our taxpaying social justice system won't and cannot handle. Whether it's rescues, scaring someone, murder, maybe someone owes you money, maybe you don't feel safe, then hire these amazing mutants, a team for any mission for an any easy fee. Call the number on our screen for the Mutants for Hire now! Mutants for Hire, Chapter 4, The Experimentalist, Farewell. Mr. Pocket sat there in front of Oculus, 1UP, and Pyro. So, Sabertooth's been kidnapped, Mr. Pocket asked. Yeah, my sources say so have other mutants. Pyro explained. Sounds like another factory, Oculus said. What is with these guys? Making mutants? Kidnapping mutants? Is it a kink or something? 1UP asked. Okay, so Cardio and Thunderstruck are heading to Gotham. You two are going to have to deal with this on your own, I'm afraid. Mr. Pocket told them. We make a good tag team. We so got this. One up, cheered. <laughs> yeah, damn straight. Oclo said. Both mutants fist bumped each other. Actually, I'll uh, make a phone call. I know a guy who has listings of all factories and warehouses around New York. I will then examine those which are out of order and we shall see which ones stand out, Mr. Pocket said. Sounds good, boss. One up replied. You're going to need backup, though. I don't like the idea of you two going in alone, and you cannot trust him. But I believe you have made some allies. Whoever is doing this is now desperate. They set up only days after being torn down. This seems odd. This means security, even if it means calling out for distraction, Mr. Pocket told them, pointing at Pyro. Okay, Dad, all close muttered. What you mean you don't trust him? One? I'm sitting right here. And two, I'm not that bad. Pyro Bart. Dude, you tried to bury me under some rubble? And now you're paying us to save your boss's lackey. Oclo snapped at him. Fair enough. Pyro sighed. Enough, all of you. Now get out. You two see Pyro out. I will come and get you when I have more information, Mr. Pocket said. Thanks again, Mr. Pocket. Pyro said as they all climbed out of their chairs and left Mr. Pocket's office. The two boys led Pyro out of Mr. Pocket's office, through the living area, down the hallway, and up to the elevator. You be good now. One up mocked. It's a shame you declined Magneto's offer to join the Brotherhood. It would have been cool to have you guys on our side. Pyro muttered, then he walked into the elevator. No thanks. We don't want to be dictated by some maniac. One-Up chuckled. 
we will get Sayatooth back to you. Then you cross us again. You ain't gonna like it, Orclo said threateningly. Whatever, ma'am. Pyro sneered, then the elevator door closed and the lift descended. The boys walked down the hallway back into the main living area where Mr. Pocket was putting on a jacket. Ah, boys, I must head out into the office, uh, my actual office. Got an appointment with someone, but don't worry, I'll be making that call in the limo, Mr. Pocket explained. Alright, boss, no worries. One-up muttered. Seen a bit, Dad, Ocklos replied. Mr. Pocket fist-bumped one-up and then hugged Ocklos, then walked away heading for the elevator. I better call Gambit, Ocklos said. Ha! Lame. I'll make a sandwich. One up replied, walking into the kitchen area. Ocklose walked up to the stairs to find his phone. And in other news this evening... You know what I'm like, guys. I've got to tell you this. I, I've just got to tell you. So, some of you know that Spider-Man has been seen out and about. Well, I can tell you 100% for sure, because there are witnesses, that Spider-Man has been seen with Vixen. Yes, guys, they have been seen together. Now, what if they banded together to save us all? What if that is what they're doing? Hmm. Spider-Man and Vixen, I look forward to telling you how this unfolds. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Take it easy. If you're caught drug driving, make sure you call 14-141-26610. Mutes for Hire will get you out or your money back guaranteed. Gambit walked out of his bedroom and found Rogue putting on her jacket. So when you be back, Shep? Gambit asked her. I'm only driving to the school to check on everyone, don't worry. Rogue replied. Thought we agreed. We'd start living life. Our lives. Gambit sighed. I'm only going there to see if things are running smoothly. Rogue said gently. Then she walked over to him and kissed him. And what Gambit do while you gone, Shep, huh? Gambit asked. Well, find something to do. We did move to New York. Sure you can find something to entertain yourself. Rogue giggled. Then she kissed him again and then she walked towards the front door. Je vous aime. Gambit told her. I love you too. Rogue replied. She smiled at him. Then she left her apartment. Suddenly, Gambit's phone started ringing. He pulled it out of his pocket and answered. Hello? Gambit answered. Uh, hey Gambit, it's Oculus. Oculus's voice replied. What's up, kid? Gambit asked. Well, we've got another mission. Another factory, actually. Kidnap mutants. We've also got to save Sabertooth. But we are two men down at the moment. Could use some backup? Oculus explained. Count me in, kid. Text me the details when you get the location. Gambit replied. Thanks, Gambit. In a bit, Oculus said. Then Oculus hung up the phone. Well, at least I have something to entertain myself with now. Gambit said to himself.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to New York Radio Talk Evening. Now, this evening, I have a topic that is very close to my heart. And I know some of you are not going to agree with me, and that's okay. We're all here to be able to discuss things like adults, unless you're the government, of course. You've guessed it, people. I want to talk superheroes again. Now, many of you will remember once upon a time there was a fight between Iron Man and Captain America over the Sokovia Accords. Now, for those of you that don't know, what that means is the government want to know everything our superheroes do. <coughs> Excuse me, people. I've been talking too much today. Anyway, I digress. So, the government would like to know everything that goes on. So let's say, for example, if there were a car crash. No superheroes would be able to go and help that had signed these accords unless the government said that they could. So if there were an emergency, like an earthquake, they couldn't help without the say-so. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Because I think our heroes need to be trusted. You know, good old-fashioned trust, guys. Do any of you remember good old-fashioned trust? Where we let firefighters do what they need to do. We let the police do what they need to do. We need to let superheroes do what they need to do. Only they can do what they do. Because you can't see a firefighter flying through the sky in an emergency. Yes, yes, I know there's helicopters. They can get a helicopter out to go and help. But how long does that take? You know why it takes a long time? Because our firefighters and the police are run by the government. And this is what I'm saying, people. This is what I'm saying. We need our superheroes to be able to just rise up and do the job they were born to do. And you know why there's so few of them? Because so few have the calling to do what they're supposed to do. Now, I know, I know, I can hear some of you sat there now spitting your hot cocoa out, coughing and choking at my words. You want them to be signed. I understand. I know you're afraid. I hear it. I see it. I can just picture you now. What if they go rogue, you say? Well, let me tell you, people, they're going to go rogue with or without signed records. Come on, let's be fair. You know and I know there are so many corrupt police officers. And they work for the government. And they're corrupt. There are so many corrupt social workers. There are so many corrupt people in the fire brigade. Come on, people. Do we really need this to be signed? Do we really need them to be inhibited in any way, shape or form? Do we really need that? Don't we just need our superheroes out working for and with us? Because you know what I know, people? They actually work for and with us. Ever seen an accident when they say, move on, move on, we don't want you here? I'm talking about the police and the fire brigade now. Are you ever able to just go over and ask what's going on without them telling you to disappear? No, no, no. But you go over to superheroes and you ask them and they'll tell you. They'll say, well, we're trying to find this little girl. Or maybe you could help us by doing this. 
they want us all to be a part of it together and this is what I'm saying people I want you to tell me what you think should happen what do you think should be allowed to happen should they be signing the Sokovia Accords or not that's what I want to know it's a phone in guys so phone in I can see the buzzers hot already the lights are lighting up let's have this discussion hey I got some something to get done oh yeah yeah like some questionable things that get done ah you know I get where you're coming from wink wink you got you got someone that can call yeah dude I got I got a number for you you need it yeah yeah what is it Oh, it's going to be 14-141-266-10. That is for the Mutants of a Hire. They'll get anything done for you. Can I... So, like, I can get them to do anything I need them to do, right? No questions asked, as long as they get paid, buddy. Uh, are their prices reasonable? Yeah. Sure. How much did you pay? I paid ten grand, and I didn't have to whack a guy off myself. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. You know, I paid ten grand not to whack someone off. Later that night, both Oculus and 1UP met up with Gambit outside a warehouse which sat on the edge of the city. Thanks for showing up, Oculus said to Gambit. No problem. Gambit replied. Yeah, whatever. You're helping us. Can we get on with it now? 1UP muttered. Yeah, apparently it's in there, Oculus said, pointing to a very big warehouse. Where did you want me? Gambit asked. Okay, so Gambit goes through the main entrance and causes a distraction. We go through the top floor window. This building does not have a basement. We find a lab somewhere in the uh, building, shut it down, get the mutants out, hopefully Sabertooth's in there, get out, and blow up the place. All close explained. Me? Cause a distraction? Too easy. Gambit chuckled. Let's get this done. One up growled. Then Gambit walked away and headed for the main entrance to the warehouse. Oculus and 1UP climbed to the top window and opened it by 1UP smashing it. They both climbed in and they crouched down waiting for the coast to be clear. Gambit walked into the warehouse through the main entrance where he found several goons piling guns into big boxes. Why is gun smuggling always the cover story? Gambit sighed. The goons started walking up to Gambit pulling out knives and guns. You're that Gambit fellow, one stated. Oh, that I am, Gambit replied. If we kill him, the boss might double our pay, another called out. Please, you're not going to touch me, Gambit smirked. Gambit pulled out a deck of cards, and he held one and charged it with kinetic energy. He then threw it, the card hitting one of the thugs. The thug was sent flying back and crashed into several of the boxes. The thugs then ran at Gambit. Gambit pulled out his bow staff and extended it to full length. He charged it with kinetic energy. He ja jabbed it into one of the thugs' chests, setting him flying into another guy. He then dragged the staff across the floor, tripping over a couple of the thugs as he did it. He placed one end of the staff on the ground and lifted himself up, throwing his feet out, kicking two thugs in the head. As he landed, he threw three kinetically charged cards, the cards hitting three thugs. He then smacked one thug across the head with one end of his staff. Then he swung the other end into a thug's ribcage. 
Then he jabbed the end of the staff into a man's chest. A small burst of kinetic energy exploded from the strike. The thug slid across the floor with slight force. Gambit then charged his staff again and jumped up, slamming the staff on the ground, sending a shock wave, knocking several thugs off their feet. Then one of the thugs ran across the room and hit the big red button on the wall, and suddenly the alarm started ringing. All right, boys, you up? Gambit muttered to himself. Hey, listener. This is a not paid for product placement for the Zero to Hero podcast. What do you mean? If you not definitely paid? like what you're listening to now, come on over to the, the Zero to Hero podcast. Lights on, just anywhere you want to be able to find your podcast at trash bills like Apple Podcasts, week. Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, which is still a little weird. For the two next two weeks. Come on over and enjoy yourself drop. and listen to Billy and myself bicker, argue. And, well, fight about a lot of things, as we are the Balkan School of Podcasting. Good luck out there, and welcome back to the show. On close and one up, heard the alarm ringing. Then, they advanced through the hall. They were stopped by a door locked by a special keycard. We don't have a key. I can phase through it, but I can't phase other people. Oculus said word. Out of my way! One up Bart. Then he touched the metal rim of the door and his entire body became that metal. He then grabbed hold of the door and used his enhanced strength to rip the door off its hinges and flung it behind them, the glass smashing as it hit the floor. That worked, Oculus said impressed. One up and Oculus then advanced and found what looked like a computer room. Some of the computer screens were live camera feeds. Why are we in here? One up asked. Keep an eye on the door for me a minute. Oculus barked. 1UP shrugged and then stood in the doorway. Oculus typed on the keyboard and the camera feed flickered to another room. I think I found it. They converged room 96 through 98 into one big ass room. Some lab equipment, some mutants tied to beds. Only three of them though, Oculus explained. Is Sabretooth here? 1UP asked as he kept an eye out uh, down the hallway. Uh, yep, he is, Oculus confirmed. Then Oculus' eyes turned blue and he started moving at incredible speeds, hitting the keyboard rapidly. They all broke under the pressure of the speed. Oculus then stopped. Ah, oh, that should work, he said. Then he walked out of the room and one up followed. They both walked down the corner when suddenly a blue ice-cold blast shot past them. They both rolled forward and held up their fists. That was a warning shot, said a guy holding the cold gun. Who are you? Oculus asked. He's Captain Cold. Does anything for some quick cash. My guess is he, he, that he's hired to defend whatever it is in that room. One up explained. So, in other words, something to get in the way of our mission. Oculus replied, then his eyes turned bright red. You won't get past that door, Captain Cole told them, pointing behind him. Suddenly, the window shattered, and a figure landed between the two mutants and Captain Cold. The figure stood up. Sorry for dropping in, the masked figure said. Spider-Man? What are you doing here? Oculus asked. I got some information. Someone's mutant daughter got roped into this place. I'm here to help, Spider-Man giggled. Captain Cold then pulled the trigger on the cold gun. A shot of cold energy flew at Spider-Man. He then jumped up, sticking to the ceiling of the corridor, the cold blast hitting 1-Up's metal body. Ah, you're lucky that didn't hurt. 1-Up growled. Spider-Man then landed on the floor, shot several webs at Captain Cold. He dived to the wall, the web shots flying past him. He then aimed the cold gun and shot a cold blast, which Spider-Man dropped to the floor, dodging the attack. The floor became ice, 
behind him where the cold blast hit it then a woman came flying through the broken window she landed touched her animal talisman and the spirit of the rhino appeared around her she charged into captain cold crashing him into the wall spider-man jumped onto the same wall sticking to it and shot a web which attached itself to captain cold spider-man then swung his arms from left to right and used his strength to throw captain cold from one side of him to the other throwing him into another section of the same wall captain cold fell on to his backside they're not close eyes turned blue and he sped past captain cold punching him in the face with an intense momentum the strike made captain cold flip in midair and the metal in case one up came walking over picked up the fallen villain and slammed him on the floor as hard as he could the floor cracking underneath him spider-man then shot several webs at him sticking him to the floor i'll come back and grab him later spider-man muttered next time tell me the plan before you jump in the girl barked Sorry, Spider-Man said to her. Wait, that's Vixen, right? Art Close asked One-Up. I believe so. One-Up replied. That is correct. Who are you guys? Vixen asked sternly. Art Close and One-Up. Art Close said. Vixen then recognised Art Close. She had seen him in Mr. Pocket's office before. We're the mutants for hire, baby. Yeah! One-Up said cockily. Wait, you're Mr. Pocket's son? Spider-Man asked in shock. Yeah, you must be my dad's other projects. Ocklose sighed. Guys, we have a mission, remember? Vixen said to Spider-Man, ignoring Ocklose's comment. Looks like our mission's one and the same. One-Up said. You got a point, you know. Some backup might actually be nice. Spider-Man said to Vixen. Maybe you're right. Vixen said unsure. Come on, we gotta go through that door. Ocklose said, pointing out the door labelled 96. The four of them walked up to the door. Vixen looked at the three boys and touched her amulet, and the spirit of the gorilla appeared around her. She grabbed the door and ripped off the big, thick metal door off its hinges and threw it down the corridor. Ladies first. Vixen chuckled. You two have something in common, Ocklose said to One Up. Okay, shut up. One Up snapped. Ocklose chuckled slightly, then they all walked into the dim, lit room. Three metal beds. Sabretooth was tied to one. On the other end of the room was a young girl. The middle bed was empty. Strange. I thought I saw three people in here. Arklose muttered. One up walked up to Sabretooth and leaned over him. You comfy? One up mocked. Very funny. Now get me out of here. Sabretooth barked. One up grabbed the restraints and with one swift pull they snapped. Sabretooth landed on his feet but dropped to one knee. One up caught him. Sabretooth pulled the tubes out of his arm. You've been dried almost to death. Let me help. Or I'll leave your ass here to rot. One up snapped at him. Fine. Sabretooth barked back. One up pulled Sabretooth's arm around his shoulders and hoisted him up. Spider-Man and Vixen walked up to the girl who was unconscious on the other metal bed. She looks like her father, don't you think? Vixen asked. Yeah, you could say that, Spider replied. Then he pulled the tubes out of the girl's arm and scooped her up into his. We're ready to go, Spider asked. Yeah, I think so, Arklo said as he scanned the room. The team was about to leave the room when suddenly two red hot lasers came flying past and blasted the door frame. Everyone spun around to the empty room when suddenly, in a shimmer, a man became visible. He was pale-skinned, skinny with barely any muscle tone, his ribcage visible. He was only wearing a pair of black trousers. His entire body was covered in huge scars and stitched up wounds. He was also bold and his eyes glowing. Who the fuck are you? One-Up barked. You can call me Striker, the man said. Pfft, please, Striker died way before Union Day. You're not Striker.
Art Close chuckled. You've got me there. My name is of no importance. Consider me Striker 2.0. Consider me the perfect mutant, Striker replied. Those scars, you've experimented on yourself, Vixen stated. More like perfected. Sadly, I never got the mutants for hire on my roster, Striker replied with a small grin. Bitch, please. What you call perfection is inhumane, One Up snapped. You'd never get the mutants for hire. Why well, ain't that stupid? Otclose said. I'm standing right here. Sabretooth muttered. Otclose just threw Sabretooth a dirty look. Why are you doing this? Spider-Man asked. To become... Perfect. Stryker replied. And experimenting on the mutants? That's the way to do that? Vixen questioned. Do you always ask annoying questions, Vixen? Stryker retorted. Then let's stop talking and start breaking the bones in your face. One up barked. Then he placed Sabretooth on the floor. Sabretooth leant against the wall, then ran at Stryker and swung his fist. But Stryker held up his hand and one up started floating off the floor. Then Stryker flicked his wrist and one up flew across the room and crashed into the wall. Spider Man leant the girl against the wall and shot a web on her sticking out to the wall. Then he jumped up and shot a web at Stryker. Stryker caught it and pulled the web, yanking Spider-Man out of the air. Stryker's muscles increased in mass and he swung his hand ba back, smacking Spider-Man as he came flying towards him. Vixen touched her amulet and the spirit of the monkey appeared around her. She then ran and flipped forward and kicked Stryker in the chest. Then side kicked his leg. He quickly steadied himself. Then his eyes glowed red and he shot his lasers from his eyes once again. At Vixen, she swiftly moved to one side but the laser caught her arm. She yelled out in pain as her skin and muscles started to sizzle. Oclos glared at Stryker. Guys, I think I figured it out. You can't use more than one ability at a time, Oculus told them. Meaning what? One up ass as he climbed to his feet. Meaning if we all go at him at once, he will struggle. Vixen explained. Exactly, Oculus grinned. Sounds like a plan, Spiderman agreed. Please. This is pathetic, Stryker grunted. Spider-Man then jumped up and shot several web shots at Stryker. Vixen touched her amulet and summoned the spirit of the falcon. She floated up in the air and flew at Stryker and swung her foot at his face. Then Oculus's eyes turned blue. He blurred at Stryker and punched him several times. As he hit Stryker, he tried to hit Oculus with his eyes beams, but Vixen kick knocked his head to one side, making the lasers cut through the wall instead. The web shots from Spider-Man started encasing him up. Then one up came running up with his metal fist and punched Stryker in the chest, sending him flying back and he crashed into the wall. Then he ran up to the fallen Stryker and kicked him in the head as hard as he could. Stryker's head popped like a grape under one up's boot, blood exploding up the wall. His brain dripped onto the floor. Damn it, man, why did you do that? Spider-Man blurted. I just saved the world from a maniac. One up grunted as he looked at Spider-Man. One up, we don't kill people. Vixen snapped. You don't, but we ain't heroes, remember? Arklo snapped back, then he fist bumped one up. Nice one, dude, Arklo said to him. One up just nodded. Let's get out of here, Spider-Man sighed, then grabbed the girl and entangled her from the web. One up dragged Sabretooth to his feet. You're very entertaining. Should have brought popcorn. Sabretooth grinned. Shut up, man. One up barked. Then the heroes all left the building and walked out of the warehouse. We better take this girl back home now, Vixen stated. Well, thanks for your help, you two.
Arkless replied. Okay, I don't agree with your methods, but if your mutants need any help, we're here, Spider-Man told him. We don't trust superhero. One-up snapped. Well, maybe you should. We might surprise you. Vixen smiled gently. Then she touched her amulet and summoned the Falcon Spirit and took flight. See you around, mutants for hire, Spider-Man said. Then he placed the unconscious girl over his shoulder and shot a web and swung away. The two mutants walked up and saw Gambit running up to them. Shoo, seems like I missed the fun part. Gambit said. Oh, you did, Arkless chuckled. My healing factor kicked in a few minutes ago. I think I'm okay now. Sabretooth told 1-Up. One 1-Up one let go of Sabretooth, who then stood tall. 1-Up's metal skin then turned back to normal. Guess I should say thank you. Sabretooth grunted. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Gambit mocked. Shut up. Sabretooth barked. Alright guys, easy. Let's just all get home. Ocklose said. Then they all started walking away when suddenly Ocklose was tackled to the ground. Stryker was on top of him. His nails were now like animal claws and they sunk into Ocklose's stomach. Ocklose called out in pain. What the author? Gambit called out. He's in charge of this whole operation. I just painted a wall with his brains, clearly. He can regenerate, though. One-up Bart. He then touched the ground and his skin turned to concrete. He then walked over and grabbed Stryker, lifting him off Ocklose and threw him to one side. Stryker then teleported and appeared standing in the middle of the four mutants. Gambit threw a kinetically charged card at Stryker. It hit him in the chest. Then Stryker held his hand out and a blast of ice erupted from his palm. Gambit and Sabretooth rolled to one side, dodging the ice attack. Then Stryker lifted both his hands up slowly and some of the concrete slabs started pulling themselves out of the ground, floating there. Then Stryker threw his palms forward and the stone slabs flew at Sabretooth and Gambit. Gambit threw several cards which destroyed the slabs as they collided. Sabretooth jumped up and over the stone slabs as they flew past him. Sabretooth ran at Stryker and stabbed him with his claws into Stryker's stomach and lifted him up in the air and then headbutted him in the nose. Stryker then opened his mouth and a sonic scream erupted from his mouth, hitting Sabretooth in the face. His ears started to bleed. He dropped a striker and then dropped to his own knees, covering his ears and his hands. Gambit pulled out his bow staff and swung at Stryker, hitting him in the back. Then a kinetic burst forced Stryker to fly forward. He then climbed to his feet and shot lasers from his eyes that hit at the floor. Gambit jumped back on the ground, exploding from the lasers. Gambit threw several cards, then several more, trying to hit Stryker. He kept on hitting him with kinetic cards. Stryker just stumbled back as each one struck him. Suddenly, the lasers stopped. Sabretooth then jumped behind him and ran his claws across Stryker's neck, blood spewing from the four scratch marks. Stryker just turned around and punched Sabretooth, knocking him back. One up, then ran up and shoulder bash Stryker, knocking him off his feet. Then he slammed his concrete fist on Stryker's head and torso, his bones breaking, becoming mush under each heavy hitting strike. One up then stood and his fist covered in blood, his concrete skin then faced back to normal. Oclo stood, his stomach now bleeding, staining his shirt with blood. He held his stomach. You okay, bro? One up asked him. I think so, Oclo muttered. Let's get him whole. Gambit suggested. Ocklose just nodded. Wait, this ain't over. Safety growled. His ears started to twitch. Then all watched the pile of mush that was Striker 2.0 form and starting to move back into a solid body. Striker then stood back up and looked at the four mutants. 
Who is this freak? Gambit muttered. Ugh, he's a royal pain in my ass. One-up barked. How did you kill him? Sabretooth growled. That's it. We can't kill him. But I know how we can stop him. Oculus grinned. Striker dived forward. Then he clapped his hands and sent a shockwave towards them. Oculus's eyes turned yellowed and he became ghost-like. The three mutants were knocked off their feet by the shockwave. Oculus then stood there in his ghost-like state. He ran up to Striker and threw his fist through Striker's chest, facing through him. Then he became solid matter again, his hand in Striker's chest. He grabbed Striker's beating heart. I am the perfect mutant, Striker barked. Perfection does not exist. Life is always moving and growing. We must follow suit, Oculus said to him. Then his eyes turned red, and his enhanced strength flushed through him. He pushed with all his strength, and his hand burst out of Stryker's back, holding the man's heart. He then pulled his arm out of Stryker, his heart in his hand, his forearm now covered in blood. Stryker dropped to the floor. Oculus stood there and held his stomach injury. In his other hand was Stryker's beating heart. One up walked up to him, and Gambit and Sabretooth got to their feet. Is he dead? One up asked. Nah, I don't think he can die. God knows how many powers he's got, but this stops him from working, I guess. Oculus explained, showing him the human heart in his hand. You boys need to learn a few things. Gambit barked. Please. That was impressive. Sabretooth grinned. Whatever. Sabretooth, head home. Magneto's looking for you. Gambit, thanks for the distraction. You can head home now. Say hi to Rogue for me. Come on, one up. We'd better get out of here. Oculus said. He then started walking away. See you weirdos later. One up grinned, then followed Oculus. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to New York Radio News. I am your host, Felicity Hart. Two prison officers have been left dead this evening after their vehicle was ran off the road. They were carrying three meteor freaks from Lake Water High Security Prison to Hilltop High Security Prison because of overcrowding. It was halfway along Highway 82 when their van was forced off the road and a gang killed them. Do you ever get whacked? I mean, damn it. Is there a reason? Uh, is there someone out there that needs to get whacked right now? Damn it. Do you have someone who needs to get whacked off right now? Damn it. Do you have something that needs to be whacked right now? Wait. Damn it. Is there someone who needs to get whacked off at this right moment? Damn it. That sounds so wrong. Were you almost whacked off in your own bedroom? Damn it. Did you want to always whack somebody in public? Damn it! Did he always want to get? Uh, did he always want to get whacked off in public? Wait, you ever need some special person to get whacked off? Damn it! That were you promised twenty thousand dollars if you whack the dude in public? Damn it! Do you not have enough money to whack off in public anymore? Wait, do you have an excessive amount of money to whack somebody that you know often in the bedroom? Damn it! If you want to get whacked off in the bedroom, wait. Then call this number fourteen one four one two six six ten. That number again is 14 141 266610. And that you can call and have somebody whack somebody for you. 
can't believe we made so many masturbating references. Wait. Wait. <laughs> the next morning arrived. Mr. Pocket led Oclo someone up from the elevator to the living area. The heart is in my vault, and his body has been put into a sub-zero chamber. It looks like he is not waking up anytime soon, Mr. Pocket explained. You have a vault? One up asked. Dad, did we do the right thing? Oclo asked his father. Mr. Pocket stopped and turned and looked at his son. My boy. The FBI raided the warehouse and found other locations on their computers with almost dead mutants. You stopping this insane man saved hundreds of people, mutants and humans alike, and brought families back together. I am proud of you. Both of you, Mr. Pocket told them. Thanks, boss. One up grinned. Okay, Arclos nodded. Then they all walked in and found Thunderstruck and Belenic Cardio stood in the living area. Dude, the boys are back. Thunderstruck cheered. We hear you took down uh, the person behind the mutant abductions. Cardio questioned. We did. Not gonna lie, you missed a good mission. One up grinned. The all four mutants all hugged. Glad to see you guys okay. How was Gotham? Arclos asked. It was interesting. Cardio replied. It was an in-and-out type deal. We didn't want to run into any men of humans. Thunderstock chuckled. What the hell even happened? Uncloster said intrigued. Get comfy, cause this gets good. Thunderstruck grinned. Mr. Pocket smiled at the sight of the four young lads all chatting about their mission adventures. He walked into his office and sat down. He pulled out a high-tech tablet and touched the screen and a list of names appeared. We are slowly getting there, Mr. Pocket told himself. He then stood up and walked over to his bookshelf and placed his hand on the side of it. A blue light ran up and down his hand and then the bookshelf spun around, the bookshelf turning into the wall and it revealed a room hidden inside. Mr. Pocket walked into the all-silver room and took a deep breath looking at the stuff that lined the walls. Some were lantern rings placed in a glass cabinet on one shelf. There was a box holding the five of the six infinity stones. In the corner was a container with a red symbiote trying to break out. The red guardian shield sat on a shelf next to Mjolnir. Next to that was Dr. Fate's helmet and the pen of Jacking Thunder. The room was filled with different items and trinkets, which at one time or another belonged to a superhero or supervillain, which belonged to one of the two universes that merged on Union Day. Mr. Pocket stood there and decided what that next step was to his plan. Hey, no, I did not hire them. No, obviously you cannot prove that at all. I want to speak to my damn lawyer. No, my lawyer. What's your number? It's 14141266610. That's my lawyer's number. Give them a call. Tell them they got to take care of me right now. I want you whacked off. Logan Hart woke up and got ready for his lesson. He packed his books and lunch and then got his Spider-Man outfit and put all that into one bag. He then clicked his web shooters onto his wrist and covered them up with his sleeve. He then ran out the house, making sure to lock the door behind him, then stopped halfway out the garden. I feel like I'm forgetting something, Logan said to himself. Then he shrugged and headed to college. And there we have it, guys. Mutants for Hire Chapter 4. Again, this is part of a continuous universe ever-growing with multiple storylines and you can hear all stories that are connected in one playlist found on the YouTube channel. Let's run over our voice cast. 1UP was voiced and created by Jay the Drunken Dragon. Belemon Cardio was voiced 
by my friend Ethan. Thunderstruck was created and voiced by by Dark Angel. And of course, Art Close was created and voiced by me. Now let's run our voice actors for our supporting cast. We have Gambit, voiced by Cosplay Dude 637, aka Willy, aka my Parapetai. And Rogue was voiced by his wife. Sabretooth was voiced by Mark the Red Cornish Ranger. And Pyro was voiced by Cosplay Son 637, the son of Cosplay Dude 637. Mr. Pocket was voiced by me. Felicity Hart, our radio host, was voiced by my mother, and you can find her on TikTok by just saying triple seven. The voice of Vixen was voiced by my stepmother. Spider-Man was voiced by me. Spider-Man and Vixen are actually having their own storyline in the new Extraordinary Spider-Man story, which is also part of this universe, and you can find their chapters on that playlist. Then, of course, we have to shout out one of our associations, who is also the new advertisement promos that you've heard all throughout this chapter. They're done by Billy and Jim, the Balkan Scholar podcasting with the Zero to Hero podcast. They talk about all sorts of stuff, so you should really go check them out when you can. Cosplay Dude 67, my Parabatai, and the voice of Sabretooth has his own story channel similar to this, and his is called Parangers Universe 19, with different Parangers and common uh, Rider stories all connected into one big universe. I've actually recently started collaborating with him, and there's a story uploading on both our channels written by me, which is Carmen Rider Kiva. So you should go listen to that as well. Mark, the Red Corner Stranger, also adapts comic books into audio dramas, and you can listen to them on Nerds for Comics. The places that I've just talked about all upload wherever you listen to your Spotify's. Make sure you go follow everyone. Thank you all for listening, and I shall see you guys really soon.